Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. But I've titled this sermon today, A Living Hope. Everybody look at your neighbor and telling, tell them, A Living Hope. As believers, each of you have that very thing, a living hope. Now, let me start off by telling you, I had prepared something completely different for this Sunday morning. I had something completely different. Already worked up my notes yesterday, but when I got home after the funeral, I couldn't speak on what I had. God had told me, and, and I felt that, this is what I needed to speak on. It was later confirmed that evening in another way, but let me tell you first of all that our dear sister Marilyn had that living hope. Amen? Amen? Yes. All of us who have had loved ones that have passed on, that have been, been believers, had that born-again experience, have had that living hope. Amen. There's nothing worse than to live in an environment where there is no hope. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? Been somewhere in a place, in a situation where there's no hope. Nothing worse than that. Amen? But yesterday, there was a minister by the name of Emmanuel Williams who brought a word. He brought a good word. It was, it was basically words of encouragement, of comfort for the family. And he titled it, A Living Hope, is really what he wanted everybody to bring home. This isn't his message, but it's the message that, that I want to bring to our church today. Amen. Each of you have a living hope. And I want you to know that God wants me to remind every one of you here today that you have a living hope. Amen? Amen. You know, we, we visited Maryland a couple weeks ago, prior, a week before her passing. And we, Anna and I had a wonderful conversation with her. All the wonderful things that are typically said about a person at the time of their passing were so true of her. I mean... You, we all know people, they say things, and people say things. There's very few people that you meet along the way. Brother Ed was one of them. I, I, when I spoke, I called him the real deal. Amen. If you remember that, he was the real deal if you knew him. Yes. He was 24-7, 365, the same person. Yes. Marilyn Harrison was the same way. That was his sister. This is how they were brought up. Amen. They knew no other way. And so they both had a living hope. And now they're both rejoicing in heaven. Amen. They have seen each other now. Rejoicing in heaven. Amen? Amen? As believers, we're not to be saddened for them. We're to rejoice with them. And I understand the process of healing, of grieving. It takes time. All of us manage that differently. It doesn't happen overnight for everybody. And I mentioned... I had another thing, another incident that confirmed this message for me last night. So as I, we were home after doing chores and running around after the funeral and taking care of this and that, I got on Facebook and we went and, and saw some very tragic news of a good friend of mine and many of you remember him. He came here and preached, Pastor Manny Campos, remember him? He passed away last night. He was just diagnosed with stomach cancer just weeks ago. And it took him like that. 
I saw him in March, and Gregory knows him. We've, we've spoken with him at this camp we would go to typically in August. I last saw him in March, strong as he's ever been, healthy as he's ever been. Today, he's rejoicing with the Lord. He had a living hope. But that was so sad when I read that because it was abrupt. It was unexpected. We knew he had been sick lately, the last couple of weeks. We didn't know it was this critical, this grave. How many have experienced that? You've all experienced situations like that in life when something just springs up out of the blue and it, it catches you off guard. That's how I was. I was, Anna, look at this. I, I can't believe this. And I say that so that all of you can be praying for that family as well, for Laura, Pastor Laura Campos, dear sweet lady as well, a worshiper. She, she led the worship in her church, and their church is up in Olivehurst by Marysville area, Yuba City. Pray for them this week, will you? For her kids, for her grandkids. You see, Laura has experienced great loss. Not only has she lost her husband now, she and Manny had lost two children prior. So they've experienced that loss. To experience that loss takes a toll on you after a while. It takes its toll. As it was noted yesterday with Marilyn, she was never the same after caring for her husband for 12 years of Alzheimer's. It took its toll on her. Her, her son had said physically it wore her down emotionally. And you can only imagine what that does to you. So I ask you this morning, please pray for the Harrison family. Please pray for the Campos family. Amen? Amen. Amen. But here's the great news that each of them knew. This living hope. This isn't a message to, to bring you down. This isn't a message to necessarily cause you to be sad. But it's a message to, want to, to remind you of that living hope that we each have. I want you to get your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. If you have your electronic devices, you can Google it real quick, and it'll probably get you there faster than flipping through the pages that I hear right now. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. So I'm going to... Begin verse 3, and it says the following. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that um, you promise us so many things in your word, Lord, such as a living hope. We do have that hope in you, Lord. We can trust in you. We can put all our faith in you. Lord, you give us that eternal hope that we have in you, that one day all of us here will be sitting next to you, We'll be right at your throne, Lord, kneeling before your throne, worshiping you, Father, including our loved ones and with our loved ones. So, Father, we thank you again for that living hope that we each have. Help us to understand it and get a better glimpse of it this morning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Again, look at your neighbor and tell them, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. Amen. Each of you have hope today. Each of you have hope. You know, again, it's still so so tragic to me about Manny. It was just, it caught everybody off guard. Really did. Um, I'd always have a great time talking to him because one of the things in our denomination when we would get together and go to some of these uh, meetings, it's, it's, it's very few people my color. <laughs> he would be one of them, okay? And so I would be with him and we'd be hanging out. We'd be sharing stories of different things and... Uh, and it was a lot of fun hanging out with him. And um, he became a, a good friend. And Laura, his wife, just a sweet, wonderful lady, and who Anna just was heartbroken over this uh, on this news. So, you know, the other thing I was thinking of the, today is the 15th of July. On the 17th is uh, my son's birthday. And as you know, he passed away. It'll be 20 years ago this year. Uh, little did we know that on the 17th of July, a week later, he would be gone in, in heaven on the 24th of July. And so all that reminds us of a living hope that we each have. All of us have a living hope. Amen? Amen. Trials, temptations, testings are all the things that we go through. Some of you may be going through one right now. Seemingly, there could be a situation where there doesn't seem to be hope in your situation. I want to remind you this morning, there's always hope for the believer. Amen? There's always hope. We always have a wonderful and great hope. It can be very difficult if you try to manage your life by yourself on your terms. I had one person this morning tell me, yesterday their day was not going the way it was supposed to go. They actually stopped in the middle of the madness of what's going on. And they said, Lord, they got the, the Lord got their attention. And they said, Lord, I need your help right now. And immediately, within seconds, the Lord provided the answer for that individual. Isn't that our God? Isn't that how he works? He meets our every need. But sometimes he wants to remind you, hey, time out. Have you and I had that talk yet? Have you, have you talked to me yet this day? And sometimes that's what he's causing us to go through trials and temptations for so that he can get our attention. Hello, anybody home? Remember I spoke on that a couple weeks ago? Anybody home? He does that intentionally so that you and him can have a conversation, fellowship. Prayer is having a conversation with him. Just like this, Lord, I need your help today. I'm sad today. I need peace. I need comfort. I need you to just... Remind me that you're there for me. It's that simple. Folks, it's that simple. It's really nothing greater than that. It's just you being transparent with the God that created you. Amen? Amen. You may not have a terminal illness today, but we all face hardships. All of us do. I don't care who you are, what walk of life you came from. You have hardships that you face. So the question today that I have for you is, how can we have the power? How can we be an overcomer in these times of, of testing, in these times of great stress and anxiety? You turn on the news and it's, it's not happy news. You, 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 you go on social media and it's not happy news. It's just people blasting each other online, putting them on blast, right? 
you go to anywhere and people seemingly are always just complaining, grumbling, gossiping. It's hard to find any good news anywhere these days other than in church, which it should be. This should be the place of good news. This is the good news. Amen? So how do we have that spirit of overcoming? How do we obtain that in times of trials and temptations? How do we endure the day? How do we become joyful? How do we live our lives filled with righteousness and with mercy and with love towards others? How do we do that? Well, I want to talk to you about that this morning. How, when your life is in jeopardy, you're losing your job, your marriage is barely hanging on by a thread, or your health is not in the, sh- in the condition it should be, how can you rise up with joy and be a blessing to others, right? Because ultimately, that's what God wants you to do, is be a blessing to, to others. Jesus Christ came for one reason, to serve. He came to serve and to die for you. It, it wasn't just about Him. He came to serve. That's what the Bible says. And we're no different. We're, our task is to serve and love others. Amen? Amen. How can we rise up in, in, with joy and bless those around us and devote ourselves to labors of love? How can we do that? Yet when we're going through trials, tribulations, poor health, poor marriage, my kids don't love me, my dog doesn't come to me anymore. I mean, how do we do that in, the, in this day and age? How do we spend time with others and love on them when our life is falling apart, when we don't have any hope? How do we do that? That's the world that we live in. That's what they would tell you. Well, I can't do that. My world's falling apart. I lost my job. My marriage is falling apart. I have no hope. There's no more hope. That's what the world would tell you. But yet we have something greater. The Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? Greater is he that is in you. Almighty God that created this world, this universe, lives inside of you. You have hope. Amen? This is what we are called to do. The power through the Holy Spirit that comes and lives in you is the source that provides the ability for you to love, to be able to love on others in a place where you may not be the most lovable person sometimes. Let's face it, when you're going through something, you're not the most lovable person, right? I know I'm not if I'm going through something. But what I have learned is, God, when I turn my focus off of me and begin to put it on the needs around me, all of a sudden I start to live exactly how God created me. Take my eyes off of me, right? That's where it starts, number one. We have to become less selfish and become loving towards others. Grant our, our, and love those needs around us. You see, this world is filled with way too many needs for me to just be focused on myself. Because it's not about me. It's not about you, amen? And, and I know and I realize that all of us go through trials, go through stuff, go through junk. And it's a necessary part of our maturing process. Amen. Notice that the Bible, especially in this first chapter, if you read it later... Peter, who wrote this book, hence the name Peter, 1 Peter, does not, he doesn't ease up your burden by saying, when things are tough, don't worry about others, take care of yourself. Don't worry about others, Bianca, take care of yourself. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say any of that. 
Did you notice that? The Bible doesn't ever do that, especially in this chapter. In fact, Peter will suggest that the tougher the times, the greater the need for you to live a life that loves others. In the middle of your trial, you need, the Bible's telling us, you need to be a, a greater instance of love, a greater example of love. Wow, that's tough. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. That is humanly impossible without the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that right now. It's humanly impossible without the Holy Spirit. That's why you each need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? First Peter chapter 1, same chapter, if you still have your Bibles open, verse 22 says the following, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Love one another deeply from your heart. Essentially, what that scripture is telling us is you cannot love deeply from your heart if you have not obeyed the truth of God's word. You can't love deeply. You can love But you can't love deeply how God intended unless you have obeyed this truth. Amen? I know this. When you show love to someone, you give them hope. See, that's why God wants you to get out of your misery, out of your trials and temptations that you're facing, and love on other people. Because what you're doing is you're giving them hope. They're seeing how is that possible? Irene and Wayne are going through this trial, and here they are loving on me. How is that possible? You just gave that person hope. When you do that, you're springing a blessing upon them of hope. Love brings about that. Amen? So what is a living hope? We often will hear somebody say, um, will the Raiders win the Super Bowl this year? And and my brother-in-law Martin may say, well, I hope so. You know, now, no matter how ridiculous that may sound, that's not what the biblical sense of hope means, okay? I just want to make sure we understand that. We can define hope in the New Testament sense as full assurance, strong confidence that God is going to do indeed what he said he was going to do. That is hope. When we say, well, I, I hope we have good weather today. I hope it's not too hot next week when we go camping. That's because we don't have that confidence in it. But when it comes to the word of God, we can stand on the promises of God because that is an eternal hope that we can trust in. Amen? It's a huge difference. There's something that Peter says here. He calls it a living hope. A living hope. The Living hope is the opposite of dead of, of, of unfruitfulness, a, a dead faith. A faith without works is dead, the Bible says. A living hope would be fruitful, productive. A productive hope. That's what living means. In Hebrews 4 and verse 12, it says the following. The word of God is living and effective. So the Christian hope is a strong confidence in God and towards God, which has the power to produce change in you. Amen? That's the living hope that each of us as believers have today. And that's what Marilyn had. That's what my brother Manny had. That's what all of our loved ones, Brother Ed had that. He had a living hope. Amen? So how does our hope arise in our hearts? How does it rise up 
when we're going through a struggle like that, when we're facing a terminal illness, when we're facing seemingly something that, that tells us there is no hope, you can't hope in that. How do we rise up hope in our hearts? Well, the old person versus the new person. How many remember the old person before Christ? Anybody here? I remember this old person before Christ. That person didn't have any hope. The new person now has a great hope, has a wonderful hope. Amen? That should be one. each of you here today. Salvation before and salvation after. There is now hope where we pray now. We hope for the future in, in a confident way based on God's word. Amen? Not based on our feelings, not based on what we see. For the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen. Hope arises in our hearts to those of us that have been born again, according to John chapter 3 and verses 3 through 5, it says, have you been born again? We must be born again, the Bible says. We have hope when we are born again. Those of us who've accepted this have, or have believed the message that, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, have received that living hope. You have that promise now of a living hope inside of you. If this is true then, that you have that living hope, here's, the, here's how I know you have that living hope. A desire and a longing will now be different than the old person. That old person had desires and longings for this. The new person now has desires and longings for something new. Amen? How many can, can testify to that? Give me an amen. Amen? Amen. That's what happens when we put our hope in God. Amen. A new person has been born, a new creation according to 2 Corinthians 5:17 is born. Amen. I love that scripture. We pin our hopes and desires on God instead of the world like we used to. Amen. So how does hope bring about love? So we give hope to others by loving them and we also bring love to others by instilling hope in them. So how does all that happen? 1 Peter again, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, says the following. 13 through 15, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy... So he, uh, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Amen. Amen. See, what the Bible's telling us there is that conduct, your conduct conforms to the passions and desires that you have in your life. If the old passions and desires were based on your conduct before, the new passions and desires you have now in your spirit are as a result of the conduct you have as a believer. The Bible says before you were ignorant. That's one of the worst words in the English language when someone calls you straight out ignorant. The Lord is telling us right here, we were straight up ignorant before we came to know the Lord. You, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be called ignorant. And, and here he's telling us, be obedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Lord, help us. 
Help us not to conform to the paths of the world. Amen. Now that we are that we have this living hope, we think differently. We see things differently. Amen. Some of you can testify that today. Some of you have amazing testimony, amazing testimonies in this place. And here's the beautiful news that because of that, because what God has done for you and because what you see in his word now, now you can love on others like never before. Tell me right now, could you have loved on others in the past, the old person, as you do now? No. 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 In fact, you'd have turned the other cheek and said, you don't deserve my love. Well, let's back up. Who deserves your love? You know, that, that's the question. Jesus died for all. Jesus died for all. Black, white, doesn't matter. Big, small, he died for all. And, and that's the beautiful news, that as believers, we are to love on one another. We're to believe and, and to share that, that, that love with others, which then inspires hope in that person. Amen. It inspires them to be an overcomer, to look at your situation and say, wow, they're loving on me and Yet they're going through issues of life. They're struggling with life. And they have this great love. I want that. That inspires them. That gives them hope. Amen? Amen. I want you to remember that every day. You are an inspiration to somebody. You can bring about hope to somebody. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter what you've gone through. Or what you think about yourself. You are an inspiration to somebody. Amen? Amen. Now... Each of you can testify of that today, but some of you that are loving more easily because of that living hope inside of you, it's a new way of living now. It's a new way of, of speaking. It's a, new way, it's a new language you speak now, very contrary to what you may have spoken before. In fact, when people see you from the past, they don't recognize you in your language, in the way you conduct yourself. And they're just standing like, who's that Roberto guy over there? Who's that Robert? I, that's not the Robert I knew. Who's that Ruben guy? Ruben I used to hang out with, man. He was a little bit different, man. He had more hair. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, all of us, all of us can do that. We, we, we can say now we're a new creation in Christ. Amen. Yes. Again, your job is to love others. Amen. I want to remind you here as I close, God is our living hope. Yes, he is. You may be facing something here today, and you may think, ah, it's never going to get better. It's always going to be this way. I want to remind you today, you have a living hope inside of you. You have a living hope. All things are possible to him who believes. We, we declare that here in this church. All things are possible to him who believes. Amen. Now, not only does God have a living hope for each, of, each day of your life, every day of your life, but He wants to remind you today that He's coming back for you. Yes, he He's coming back for each of you. He has prepared a place for you in heaven. He's prepared a mansion for you, just like He has for our loved ones that have passed on. They are rejoicing. They're not sad right now. Let me remind you of that right now. They're not sad. That's right. They don't want to come back here. They are rejoicing. We miss them. Yes. We, we, we desire that fellowship we once had with these people that we, we had at our side. But they are in a better place right now. Yes. And, and right now what they would tell you is, oh, if you only knew. Yes. If you could only catch a glimpse of what I see in heaven. Yes. 
of what I have. If they were here, they would tell you that today. And I want to remind you, God is preparing a place for you and I. And it's coming. In fact, you're all one day closer to that, whether you believe that or not. You are one day closer to that. Amen? It's not a time of fear. Just shake that off and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you.